Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation? But not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox. Welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey, a conversation to help prepare and support young men for fatherhood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Tools to Ready the Journey, a father's guide to a faith-filled family. I'm Bill Snyder, and joined always by Ray Haywood, the author of this beautiful book and um, a partner in our discussion guide here for you. And we hope that you're enjoying this discussion on Breadbox Media. Uh, it is a pleasure to be able to bring this discussion to you through them. Uh, I really encourage you to check out breadboxmedia.com, which is uh, their website, and they have tons and tons of great Catholic podcasts. So if you're enjoying this and you've been following along uh, with this I know that there's going to be uh, other great content for you available there. want to give them just a quick shout-out as we continue our journey here. Uh, it's hard to believe we're on Chapter 9, but we are. Uh, and that is entitled, Handing on Our Faith-Filled Gifts. Uh, and uh, cannot forget to bring in my partner here, Ray Haywood. Ray, thank you again so much for joining me here on uh, this episode and talking about this beautiful chapter uh, chapter 9, Handing on Our Faith-Filled Gifts. Yes, thank you for this time and fellowship. It's truly gonna, going to be a uh, powerful message today that you and I will both share. And it's actually the message. This is um, the, the way that I came into this um, whole writing of this book was through a prayer to strengthen my family's faith. It's mentioned at the end of this book. And... Um, this chapter here is what surrounded that prayer. So, yes, a powerful message. Stay close to us, brothers. Listen close today. Scratch at this with us. Definitely turn the page with us today. Awesome. Well, let's well, let's get started. Let's jump right in, Ray. I think it's a good idea if we do that. Okay. So, uh, chapter 9, Handing on Our Faithful Gifts. This is what it's all about. This is truly uh, holds the message of our foundation of faith handed on to us all at the hands of our living God, Jesus Christ himself, our Redeemer. This is a truly powerful chapter. I mean, I can't stress that enough um, for, uh, for our listeners to definitely, if, you, um, if you're doing something that's distracted, you know what? Maybe tune in a little later because this one you should stay close to. All right, so... Chapter 9 begins with how, for me, 
the thought of handing on our faithful gifts starts with the definition of what I call our foundation of faith and how my definition for the foundation of faith is very simple and can be summed up in two words, which is the sacraments. Uh, it goes on to explain how I came to this realization gradually as it was measured out to me in proper doses through my experience of living in a loving, faith-filled family who shared in the sacraments and through my being a witness to my parents' steady moral posture throughout my childhood. It goes on to share how, as I have looked back on my life and now as I continually seek out further what it means to cooperate with God's grace while nurturing my own family, I better understand the powerful influence and fullness of faith that the sacraments have imparted on my and now my family's faith journey, which I have come to find great value and wisdom in. Wisdom that has now taught me to better understand the value, the powerful influence of what receiving the faithful gifts from the hands of loving parents looks like and means informing well the children that I will be held accountable for. Um, there's a lot just shared in that opening statement. What do you think about um, that description? I mean, uh, a lot shared there, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that there is certainly a foundation of faith that when you pass on the gifts to your children of faith, the 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 foundation is so important to include the sacraments. Um, if you do not include the sacraments in the handing on of your faith, then you know it's it's like you're not handing on the the full depth. It's almost like you know handing on an empty box, you know, is the way I would describe it. It's like, you know, wrapping up an empty box for Christmas and handing it to your kid and going, here, when they open it up, there's nothing in it. Um, and, and you know, how disappointed would that child be if, if um, you know, you handed on this gift to them and they open it up and there's nothing in it but tissue paper or nothing in it but, but the wrapping. Um, you know, you only can go so far... With a, with a cardboard box, you know, you got to eventually, you know, have something in there, you know. Um, and so I I think when you examine and you look at this, right, uh, in the way you describe it in this chapter, that, that the foundation of our faith is the sacraments, and that's what we have to hand on to our uh, children and pass on. Um, I a deep awareness of what the sacraments are, I think is so important for people to realize. And, you know, that also means that we as adults have to have our understanding of the sacraments. We must have an understanding of the sacraments. Yes. That, that we can pass on to our kids and also an experience of the sacraments. You know, if you haven't experienced the sacraments, yourself and you don't understand the power of them you need to revisit them you need to enter into them in a new way to seek out the understanding so that you can pass it on and you can say man i encountered 
the Lord powerfully in confession. I encountered the Lord powerfully in the Eucharist. I encountered the Lord powerfully in the anointing of the sick. I encountered the Lord because that's really what the sacraments are. It's, it's, a, it's an encounter with the living God, right? So, so when we encounter them, that is what the foundation of our faith is. And each encounter is going to be different. You know, each encounter for each person is going to be a different, different. You know, your kid's experience with the sacraments or my sibling's experience with the sacraments is different than mine, completely different than mine. But Amen. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they know that, that I've had a powerful experience and it's possible for them to have a powerful experience. So that's what I think about, you know, when, when you talk about handing it on and, and, and the faith that is needed to do it. I think you've got to encounter it yourself. And then after you encounter it, share that you've encountered it. That's, that's the most important thing. You just shared so many points that I'd like to elaborate on, but I, I really want to stay, um, uh, in the track of, uh, sharing these awarenesses, uh, the requirements, the new covenant, all of, uh, okay. So let's continue. Um, that was great. What you just shared there, Bill, uh, this chapter, discusses further how those of us who received the sacraments shared in the graces of a life guided by moral principles and convictions that strengthen every aspect of our lives, whether it be wittingly or unwittingly. It's a very important thing to, uh, to discern. This truth is revealed in testament of the lives lived that have shared in the new covenant teachings of the sacraments infusing grace which has formed their moral conscience and safeguarded them from the dangerous trends and cultural hazards of living in and of this world. Boy, we spoke about that many times. Grace is found in sharing in the sacraments has proven to be essential towards making good decisions and explains further that for even in our teenage years, when our human emotion to rebel and push away from our parents is strong, our moral compass infused with the sanctifying grace will keep us safely guarded on the straight and narrow path. Think about just what that shares. We are unwittingly protected when we are covered in the graces shared at the hands of our loving parents, even when we push away. This awareness should be made available for every brother in Christ to grow from wouldn't you say, Bill? Just those few sh things that we shared in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think one of the greatest things that we have is we have a um, ability to intercede for one another, right? Um, and you know, uh, I know that I wouldn't be able to um, be the person I am without the prayers of my family, without the without prayers from my parents and you know having a deep understanding of the fact that when we pray for one another especially when we pray for our kids um, we are impacting um, the the heavenly court to intercede for them in times of difficulty right we we can't control their actions and we can't we can certainly talk with them and discipline them and, and do all those things but at the end of the day you can't control 
your child's actions. So what's the next best thing? To pray for them. And praying for them unlocks the graces to allow you and them to experience the love of God in their life, right? And when you give them that gift of prayer, when you give them that gift of intentionally spending time and entrusting them to the Lord, you are um, giving them a great gift that they might not even know about or be aware of at this moment in their lives, especially if they're an adolescent or especially if they're a young person. They might not understand it fully, but by praying for them in those moments uh, when you cannot control their behavior, you have um, given them a great gift that someday when you trust the Lord, they will come to understand and then hopefully also pass on and understand uh, as they have their children and grow up. Amen. Um, this the, the preparation for and the sharing in the celebration of the sacraments instills within them the guiding tools needed. Um, uh, I, we as parents, uh, our prayers for uh, covering them in grace, um, they, they see that reflection, but the preparation and the sharing in the celebrations and the people who are faithful, who touch them, these are the unwitting guiding principles that the sacraments instill uh, and are measured out in proper doses. That's the main point of this whole um, chapter is that um, the, the, as we continue on right now, you're gonna, we're going to explore that there are requirements to the new covenant. Uh, and the requirements um, are very much the sacraments and the way that we conduct ourselves within them. Okay, so let's continue. The sacraments are by design God's divine tools of the new covenant, intentionally handed on to us all by our creator himself through his only son, Jesus Christ. Sanctifying tools, enabling us all for safe passage as we continually thrive in the knowledge that we are all, all of us, beloved sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, as we humbly and impartially approach well, helping each other through along our way to salvation. Again, impartially, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are my brother no matter where you are on your path. Discipline needs to be found within the heart of the Father in adhering to the obedience needed in following in and cooperating with this divine structure, this structure here in what we are sharing, Bill. Preparation for and sharing in the new covenant teachings of the sacraments are by design the way we receive and become steadfast and fortified in our faith walk. 
the souls who do not partake in the sacraments will lack the sanctifying graces they undoubtedly instill. In my opinion, these souls will remain spiritually deficient. These wills can easily become compromised within the turbulence of our physical lives while living in and of this world without sharing in the fullness illuminated in grace's providential care. Um, again, a lot was just shared there, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I'll tell you, Ray, uh, I think that you are, uh, again, spot on when you talk about the sacraments and, uh, and the fact that if you do not um, engage with the sacraments, you're missing out on a lot of grace, right? And I think that is the number one, you know, uh, thing in, in today's world is that we do not engage, we don't even understand the sacraments as, as um, you know, a people in general, as Catholics in general, right? We, we don't have a deep understanding of what they are. And that, that's the reason why this chapter is so important, because when you understand what these sacraments are, you wouldn't want to miss them. You know, um, I, I remember being a youth minister and um, having actually my parish librarian at my very first parish tell me, she said to me, um, you know, that the Catholic faith has so many riches, so many riches that you can not even begin to comprehend it in one lifetime. And if you understood this, if you understood this, you would never leave it. You would never leave it. You know, it's like walking away from that from that treasure field. It's like walking away from that treasure field. Um, and why would you want to walk away from those greatest treasures, right? So, so I, for me, and I know I've said this a few times during this episode, but for me, I think the awareness and and you lay it out beautifully in this book because let me tell you there's a there's a whole guide in this chapter at the end of the chapter it talks about the seven sacraments of the catholic faith and tells you where you can look them up in scripture and what they are right so that you can begin to encounter them but but take it to take it to prayer you know and and read and understand this because when you do then you have a deeper awareness and you have a deeper understanding of not only the sacraments, but of who you are in relationship to God. Because, you know, God set up, God himself gave us these seven sacraments. They're not, they're not made up from the Catholic Church. They're given to us by God. And so for, for me, um, handing them on means we've got to have an awareness and an experience of them. Think about that. Take that to heart, folks. Take that to heart um, and, and encounter the sacraments in your personal journey. I just think that that is so important uh, for, for, for all people to understand. Amen. So let's now begin to discern, well, what is required of us 
in the New Covenant teachings. Let's start by first understanding what the New Covenant is. It is the promise of salvation made by God to all of his people, his children. The New Covenant that we all can willfully choose to share in is now based on divine grace rather than on Mosaic law. The Catholic view of the New Covenant is the relationship between God and man, established and mediated by Jesus Christ himself, which includes all people, both Jews and Gentiles, who believe that the only way to the Father is now through the Son, our Redeemer. So what is a covenant? A covenant, by definition, is literally a contract of understandings and requirements. One example of a covenant between God and his children can be found in the sacrament of marriage, where we are meant to willfully enter into the covenant of marriage with our Heavenly Father as two divinely become one in his providential care. How many young couples look at marriage in this way? This is just one example of challenging ourselves with the question of how many Catholics actually contemplate what the New Covenant teachings and requirements are. In the Bible, there has been six covenants framed as agreements between God and his people, in which God makes promises to his people that requires certain conduct from them. We will explore further these covenants in chapter 13, but for now, understanding that the sacraments are a gift from God the Father given to us all at the hands of our living God, as only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, needs to become an awareness made competent. This was Jesus' mission, the new covenant and the sacramental teachings of his established church, the body of Christ, the universal church, our all-enduring and everlasting gift given to us all through his passion, one of our requirements in his establishing the new covenant is that we are to stay in union with him through the re-representation of his atoning sacrifice, the passion, through the Eucharist, the bread of life. In the new covenant, we are now meant to stay in union with him through the spiritual nourishment of communion. There is no mistake in this being one of the requirements. John 6, 53, Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. What we are scratching at here is the divine framework of the new covenant. Understanding of what we are sharing here needs to be sought out and personally owned and understood to be requirements in the redemption of one's salvation. Again, I'd like to stress that. The measure in which we measure, that fall safe that I always go back to that keeps me steadily seeking out so that I become more accountable. Um, and exercised free will is needed here to discern well the straight and narrow path. A lot shared there, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I love how you culminate it all with the Eucharist. Uh, because the Eucharist is, again, as I mentioned in one of the previous uh, discussions, I think chapter 7, was the fact that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our Christian life. Uh, everything is bound up and oriented toward it as uh, the 
Catechism quote uh, 1334, uh, I believe it says. And so um, I, I also want to maybe follow up your scripture, John chapter 6, verse 53, uh, where Jesus says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Um, I also want you to think about uh, the, the the next couple uh, verses in that scripture passage. Because um, in, in verse 60, it says this, Many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And Jesus responds in the next several verses, uh, Do you take offense at this? Um, and he goes on to explain, he says, The spirit that gives Life, the, uh, the flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Uh, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were those that uh, did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And then he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. And you know what happens in verse 66 of this uh, passage? It says, Many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked away with him. Walked with him. And then in verse 67, Jesus asks Simon Peter, or he asks all the disciples, he, he, or the apostles, he asks all the, his apostles, he says, Will you also go away? And Simon Peter says to him, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so, you know, when you talk about the Eucharist and you talk about uh, this, especially verse 66, um, you know, of chapter 6, where many people just walk away because this saying is hard. You know, yeah, it is hard. It's hard to believe that Jesus would come and First of all, as a person, you know, why would God want to be a weak human being, <laughs> right? But he comes at Christmas time and he gives us his flesh as a little baby boy. And then he grows up and he teaches and he dies on a cross. But before he dies on the cross, what does he do? He gives us his flesh and his blood to remain with us always until the end of time. In fact, he even says it, right, in Scripture. He says, I will be with you until the end of the age. How? In the Eucharist. He is present in every tabernacle every single time. You genuflect at a, at, at a tabernacle with a light on, with the, with the candle next to it that's lit. Jesus himself, the living God, is there. So... I, I challenge you not to walk away. I challenge you not to walk away from this hard saying. If it's, if it's hard for you to believe that the Eucharist truly is the body, blood, soul, divinity of our Lord, press in at Mass. Don't walk away. Press in and say, Jesus, I trust you a little more. I, I'm going to do all I can, and then I'm going to do all I can to hand it on to my, to my children. The measure in which we measure. Amen. Oh my gosh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I wanted to add to the 
stressing that you were doing there. So a couple of things I want to hit on that you uh, shared. So requirements and obedience are hard. And what you're sharing is so in what's shared actually in John 653, uh, where we are given a requirement within the new covenant is a hard thing for us to accept. Um, now, there's so many cascading factors surrounding that. Like, um, let's just go to the sacraments of holy orders, which an ordained priest is by the hands of apostolic secession supposed to be the one giving us through the universal church, the Eucharist. I mean, there's so many requirements when... You know, when, when when we start to step closer, we understand these things. They, they're, they're, they're truths, uh, objective truths that cannot be denied. So um, one. this chapter stresses that for a father who has received the sacraments, who stands adolescent or wrote in his faith and now finds no value in handing on the sanctifying graces shared and instilled within the sacraments, their part in assuring safe passage for their family will be compromised. That's a very big message within this chapter. A father needs to understand his role in handing on the faith-filled gifts. And if he doesn't find value in it, the road ahead for his family will be turbulent and chaotic. Okay, the sacraments being our foundation of faith is my simple message. Intention placed towards continually seeking out objective truth in my exercised free will is where I continue to find clarity in this truth revealed slowly through time and trial. This is what I believe. My beliefs make up my convictions. I stand conviction by my beliefs to all who know me. In my steadfast beliefs, I better understand that we should all know what it is that we believe in we should all have a standard a conviction within ourselves on um, you know what drives us and pushes us forward in this world you know people need purpose in their um their in their uh work life in their per personal life you know in their private life we need purpose within our spiritual life it's very important um Okay, I find these convictions to be very much an innate calling within the well-formed exercise will of all intentional men. My challenges are greater in my contrasting message through the worldly view of others. I have come to find resolve in welcoming these challenges as I place effort into being heard while knowing that many aren't intentionally listening. I often feel alone in my faith. I want to share with our younger listeners that wisdom has taught me that this aloneness is part of an active faith walk. I have come to realize that the stillness given in the contemplation of being alone in my faith walk is actually a gift, a gift of understanding found in the term I use often of the measure in which we measure. My understanding of the more we are given the more we are held accountable holds me steadfast and true toward continually chipping away at rising above my sinful nature. Strength found in understanding of what rote means and of what it means to be an adolescent Catholic drives me 
and my call to action to share these tools of awareness with my fellow brothers in Christ. This is what it's all about. This is why my mother, Charlotte Hayworth, can wholeheartedly say with what I believe to be her coined term of once a Catholic, always a Catholic. The sanctifying graces are undoubtedly instilled, some with undelible marks left on our souls. These truths hold us true in our Catholicism, whether it be wittingly or unwittingly. In the book, the chapter describes each sacrament and what they instill. Very much worth of reading, uh, worthy of reading and becoming competent to. Um, and as you stressed earlier in this conversation, the sacraments actually come along with the um, Bible verses and the Word of God shared, how they become requirements within the New Covenant. Um, thank you for bringing that up earlier. Yeah, absolutely, right. Um, yeah, I, so remember, if you're following along in the book, page 75, it starts on, and it has all seven sacraments and where you can find them uh, in Scripture. And, you know, that's so important uh, to to being able to understand and know them. And, and you know, reading where uh, the, the sacraments uh, come from also helps us pass the faith on to our children because uh, them knowing that it comes from God and not from an institution sometimes does help. Right uh, when we're when we're doing that, if it, it if it would come from an institution, it would eventually fall and fail because uh, you know somebody would come up with a better method. Someone would come up, ah, you know what? I've got a better way of doing this. Right? It would change with time, but the fact that it comes from Scripture, that it's handed on from God, it means that it's an eternal truth, and therefore uh, it, you're not going to come up with a better way to do the sacraments because there just is no better way. Uh, they are Christ becoming present in our midst when we celebrate them. So, therefore, um, one other important point that I think you brought up and kind of alluded to is the chain of witnesses, right? We can't have this unless we hand it on. As your mother said, once a Catholic, always a Catholic, and instilled that in you and handed that on to you, you, the, the sacraments and the Catholic Church is, as a wise priest once told me, always one generation away from becoming extinct. If we do not hand it on to our kids, if we do not pass on the gifts, we break the link in the chain, right? We actually bust the link in the chain, um, which is the reason why we have to have that experience of the sacraments ourselves so that we can then pass on these incredible gifts to our kids. And what, a, what better way than getting to know them in Scripture, getting to understand them in Scripture, and then encountering them. You know, actually going to confession, going to Mass. Um, you know, I, I know we push our kids to experience confirmation sometimes and baptism but understanding what is happening and, and growing in the awareness of what has happened in us as children with our baptism um, and confirmation and growing up with an understanding of that is really important. So rediscovering your own baptism, rediscovering your own confirmation is really important. In fact, uh, this past Sunday at Mass, um, 
It was the baptism of the Lord when, when we're recording this, by the way. Uh, it was just this past Sunday uh, was the baptism of the Lord. And I had the priest during his homily uh, actually say, uh, do you know when the, your baptismal date was? Do you know when your baptismal date was? What was the baptismal date that you were given? If you don't know it, he gave the challenge to go home and look it up. And then, you know, when you find out that date, celebrate your baptism. Whether it's relighting the candle again or um, understanding, uh, saying a little prayer about, you know, on, on your day of baptism. He goes, in some cultures, there are incredible um, celebrations around the anniversary of your baptism. And, you know, so understanding that coming into awareness, as Ray always uses that word awareness, uh, about your own celebration of these sacraments um, and, and, and teaching your kids how to celebrate them, you know, uh, raising them with an awareness of these sacraments and how important they are and what they do. Man, it's going to make the difference. It's going to make the difference when you do that and you, as you hand it on uh, to the next generation. It's going to create strong, fortified links that are really hard to break down. Got to continue the chain of witnesses. It's amazing that it's been 2,000 years that this chain has continued unbroken, right? It's unbelievable. But you, you play a part in how strength or how strong that chain is going to be for the next generation. You are absolutely responsible. Um, and you have to take pride and ownership of your faith so that you can pass it on to that next generation. Absolutely. I think you're, I think this chapter is so important, Ray. It's such an important thing. Amen. So when I speak about the new covenant and the requirements, I'm not sharing a requirement like a driver's license. I'm sharing a requirement like breath for life. <laughs> Amen. And, and when a father shares with his son or a daughter getting ready for mass on a Sunday, he should not look at it as a requirement like going to school. He should share love. Um, joy will come from the love shared of a father that will innately want to be seeked out by a child in a loving manner. So for a father who shared in the sacraments, who finds no value, it's so hurtful for me because I've seen my family grow and flourish. Uh, my children come with me to mass and sit next to me because they want, they want to be there with their father. I shared with you earlier that Today is the five-year anniversary of my father's death. I feel that everything in my life was given to me through love. I so appreciate my faith, and I hope that others can find value in the message that's shared, especially within this chapter 9. God bless us and guide us all especially the men who will or do lead our families to the Catholic faith.
Amen. 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 Ray, I want to uh, ask you uh, a little bit about um, the the tool, and I think the tool is a perfect way, you know, especially today, you know, how the Holy Spirit lines up uh, our recording sessions to have uh, this this uh, fall on the anniversary, the five year anniversary of your father's passing. Um, what a what a beautiful way um, to 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 kind of sum it up with this uh, with this beautiful image of the plumb line that you that you describe uh, because man it's like he's he's reaching down right out of heaven right with this plumb line right to you and 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 to all of us as, as we pass on these gifts right amen so uh, the chapter nine tool is a plumb line a plumb line is a simple tool that is easy to use and understand it is made up of a weight with a pointed tip on the bottom that is suspended from a string. It is used to find vertical reference to establish a straight line between two points. When the plumb line becomes perfectly still, it represents a true line connecting two points. I use the plumb line as the chapter nine tool because of what it represents. When it has found its rest and has become perfectly still and stable, the truest line between two points. The two points I would like to establish in my representation and use of this tool are sanctifying grace from above and the sacraments now found here below in the gifts of the new covenant. All avail to us through the straight line of apostolic secession. The foundation of our Catholic faith, the sacraments of our one holy Catholic and apostolic church, gives to us all at the hands of our living God. They are truly our guiding divine blessings. Jesus Christ himself uh, handed them to us. Um, and this represents his life's mission, which is our redemption. That's his life's mission. And there's requirements from us to be redeemed. No mistake can be found in this simple tool, uh, to read this simple tool, easy to use and understand. The established true line that we can easily apply to connecting and understanding the two placid points of our Catholic truth. Grace from above and the guiding providence of the sacraments now here below. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful, Ray. Uh, absolutely beautiful, and I think uh, that that the way God has given us um, the the sacraments through the through His Son um, and relays them through the Church, the Catholic Church, to us is such a beautiful thing to reflect upon, and. Uh, we are the end point for God's grace. Think about that just for a minute. We are the end point. We are the intention. We are the thought. When God instituted all that he did in the sacraments, when God instituted uh, and gave us the incarnation of his son, you and me were the end points that he had in mind. And that end point is giving us the sanctifying grace. 
giving us the tools to live a faith-filled life on this earth and then be with him for eternity in heaven. And so uh, you're able to follow that plumb line from uh, heaven to earth and right back. It is a straight line and it's a narrow path, but it's a straight line if we follow it. Uh, and so it's a, it's a beautiful image to think about uh, that, that we are the end point in mind when the, when the Father sent Jesus. We are the end point in mind when Jesus gave us the seven sacraments because we are that much loved by him. And when you pass on the faith to your children, they, your children, are the end point that you have in mind. Ultimately, because you want them to have the same gifts that you have and that your father had and that his father had. So, what a beautiful way to encounter God's grace in this chapter and continue with us through this book. uh, Because there are so many more graces on, on the way. Uh, chapter 10 is going to be a wonderful discussion, Ray, right? It's just going to be phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. Um, just one final thought on this chapter. Um, as a, a father of older men, men, um, what I share in should be seeked out in itself. The beautiful life that my wife and I have built and, and get to share in through the sanctifying graces of the sacraments is worthy of my children are truly covered in grace. Um, my life is consistent. There's no waves. There's no chaos. There's no ups and downs. My children can easily find objective truth in life through my intention, through my continual intent in sharing with them and taking the moments to, to, to tell them what is of the world and what is of the word. And to take the moments out to, to, to make them see it for themselves. So chapter 10 is going to be another great conversation. Uh, lesson, lessons in composure are going to be explored in chapter 10, which is titled Conscious Competence. And uh, I would like to also challenge our listeners to consider now, after listening to chapter 9, to go back and listen to chapter 7 again because it will now take on greater meaning. Uh, chapter 7 and chapter 9 very much go hand in hand, and uh, it's worthy of going back to and listening to again. Awesome. I uh, want to remind listeners again um, that you can go to trjfathersguide.com to grab um, more information uh, about this, get a copy of the book uh, for your loved one, uh, you can also uh, join the Facebook groups, the Twitter, the Instagram, the whole bit, so that you're able to follow along with us. There's so much more than just a podcast and just a book, folks. Uh, Ray posts to social media all the time. Uh, so so stay uh, up to date and tuned in uh, with TRJ Father's Guide because it's such an important way uh, to grow your family and pass on uh, the faith to them. So uh, thank you uh, for joining us and uh, being a part of 
this conversation with us. Uh, we really appreciate uh, your participation. Uh, and of course, we're always here for you as well. So reach out to us uh, via trjfathersguide.com uh, so that uh, we can uh, help you along your faith journey or in your men's groups or however uh, we can help you. We will do it. Uh, so for uh, Ray Haywood, I'm Bill Snyder. Until next time, be intentional. You've been listening to Tools to Ready the Journey, presented by Breadbox Media. For more information about this ministry to young men, visit trjfathersguide.com or search for TRJ Father's Guide on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tools to Ready the Journey is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about how Patchwork Heart Ministry can support your ministry, visit patchworkheart.org. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by A few minutes each day can change your life during Lent. Ave Maria Press offers booklets for daily devotion, reflection, and more from such best-selling authors as Gary Zemak, Greg Kandra, Father Michael White, and Tom Corcoran, and so many more. Looking for Stations of the Cross booklets or books that are perfect for small groups? We have those too. Head over to AveMariaPress.com and use code LENT20 to get 20% off your order today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot .grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before.